Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Survive and Thrive, a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how in changing times, leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but also thrive. I'm your host, Jennifer Ayers. As a recap, last season, we focused on change management and helping our listeners understand how to positively influence the change they want to see in their organization. This season, our fourth season, We want to focus on some of the important aspects facing many organizations today regarding the subject of future of work. With me today, I have Kate Hall. I'll let her introduce herself in a moment, but I just wanted to say that in this brief time I've known her, I've learned so much from her insights. She brings a truly interesting perspective on why having a healthy work culture matters and how to create connections. I have many years, I won't name the number of years to out myself, but uh, project management experience primarily focused on change management. So I'm a PM at heart, but um, over my last eight years of consulting, I've learned to really um, become an avid listener and an avid solution-oriented teammate to really work with companies to help focus on what the real business challenges are. And a lot of times those are related to culture. So I'm really excited to be talking to you about this today. Thanks, Kate. I appreciate that. And I just to mention, I know that you're presently with Singlestone. Is that correct? Yes. I've been with Singlestone Consulting for about eight years. I learned more recently about the good work that they're doing. Singlestone Consulting values the human experience in business. Their name references how, like a stone dropped into a pond, one human can generate waves that can impact an entire organization. If an organization can activate its workforce, they can also help individuals rise up to their full potential, bringing their coworkers and team along with them. As a consultant who's witnessed various client work environments, Kate shares her thoughts on activating the workforce. Culture cannot be overstated enough. When we see everything that's going on right now with the great resignation, people who, you know, will jump ship, it's it's not just about dollars, although that's certainly at play right now, just given short supply, it really has so much more to do with culture. And I hear this every day from my colleagues and friends that, you know, people are realizing, especially after COVID, that life is short. And people want to spend, you know, because we spend a a bulk of our time working, most of us, in an environment where they feel valued. Um, And so I feel like company culture is so key to everything we do. And, And even within that, team culture is so critical. Despite the importance of culture, not every organization prioritizes it. And the effects can be devastating. In many ways, an organization functions like a teenager. Now, hear me out. This is going somewhere. Like a teenager, an organization has some independence, some self-sufficiency. It can handle certain challenges, but not others. A 16-year-old can get ready for school, complete their homework and more, but at the end of the day, they still need guidance and direction and support. An organization and its culture is the same. It's why I cringe when I hear leaders say they want their culture to develop organically, without any inference. Would you let a 16-year-old learn how to drive all on their own? Hmm, probably not. At least I hope not. 
Kate speaks on the importance of culture and shares a powerful example of a time where she needed that culture to support her and her own child. One that springs to mind is a project I was on where I was definitely the newbie. I came in um, with another large group from another consulting firm. And I have done that a lot in the past. So it didn't, didn't really shake me at all. Coming in, there was no real focus on introductions or kind of building the team. It was like ready, shoot, aim sort of thing. Like we didn't even take a step back to get to know each other, like fully understand each other's roles. And it it was really off-putting because that to me is not a nice to have. It's a requirement. And I even asked the project lead, like, hey, could we take just a couple minutes on our weekly call just to like celebrate successes, whether they're personal, professional, like just to get to know each other better because we were all over the country, you know, dispersed and and not just because of COVID. I mean, we just were truly in many different locations. And, you know, the answer was, we don't have time for that. And it was really disappointing. And as a result, I, I believe as a direct result of that, there was a lot of turnover on that team. I liken this to culture may not be the thing that is talked about, but it's the thing that you feel. It's the pulse of the organization and it absolutely influences outcome. And if you aren't intentional in putting some parameters around what you as a leader want to see, what values and how the organization behaves and demonstrates those values, then you could end up in the situation that you just described. Yeah, absolutely. On the flip side of that, I can share a very recent example of a team um, that I had worked with. This had been the third time I'd worked with them. So had the good fortune of having built relationships there. And when you do build relationships, coming with that, you hope, is trust in each other. And you know, I was able to share a very personal experience one day with my manager um, that after I have a transgender child, I have three children, but one of them happens to be transgender. And after seven years, she asked me to remove all the pictures in our home from public view. Like, hey, mom, can you take these pictures of me pre-transition and put them all in your bedroom? And it was in the middle of the workday and it just completely threw me for a loop. And I wasn't expecting myself to kind of fall apart either. After seven years, I kind of thought, I'm I'm over this. I got over my grief. You know, I fully support my kid because I had that relationship. I was able to say to that person that I was working for, here's what happened. Um, they have an incredible culture of diversity and inclusion. So we had already talked about the fact that I had a trans kid and I said, I don't know how engaged I can be this afternoon, frankly. And she was like, no problem. Take the time you need. And it meant a lot because we were on a super fast paced project. And and really, it only took me about an hour to like (laughs) dust myself off and get back with it again. But just the ability to to do that and to have that, especially when you're a consultant, like meant the world to me. Wow, that's a powerful story. And I thank you for sharing that. It just brings home and reemphasizes the point that psychological safety is so important in the environment and feeling like you are in a safe environment where leaders have your back and they care 
things are always going to happen in our personal lives that we need to navigate. And it's been a long time coming that we are able to bring our whole selves to work and and not just pretend to be something we're not because we, you know, punch the clock in at eight o'clock in the morning or something. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You know, life doesn't wait for uh life doesn't wait for us. So <laughs> it 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 happens. As I've mentioned before, Kate's position as a consultant has given her a unique perspective and she's been able to peer into different companies and their cultures. After seeing a variety of approaches, she can offer a well-rounded view on the future of work and what's working and what's not. I think the companies and and the teams that are going to really, truly thrive and and grow are going to be the ones that remain flexible. I don't think we can say one size fits all anymore, that everybody's going to go back to the office full-time or everybody's going to be remote full-time because... You really do have to look at the needs of the individual. I know I personally have worked out of my home for eight years now, but I really miss going into an office sometimes. So, you know, you can't assume, uh, no no company can assume that you know what people want. Like we have to engage in those open conversations and talk about options. And that is a lot of work. Um, so that might be scary for some organizations to to kind of maneuver but i think the more that companies can really stay engaged with their workforce and talk about what's working and what's not the better off they're going to be and much like your your example with the driving you know if you're going to let your teenager go off and and drive without instruction please tell me where they are so i can stay off that road um and likewise with companies that are just going to kind of let things happen I think a lot of chaos is going to ensue. I think it's going to have to be incredibly thoughtful. It's going to require a great deal of change management. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, the goodness that unfolds. I think a lot of really good things have evolved from folks working at home. Um, We've been able to see people with babies and pets and really kind of peek into each other's lives and build some relationships where maybe we hadn't before. So I think the companies that really are successful are going to continue to to do those types of things and value those relationships. Yes, totally. And I, you know, I hear there's so many articles that I see every day or that get sent to me about the need for greater flexibility now, not just specifically, hey, can I work from home or not, but flexibility. And then also putting some sort of guidance around that, um, which I am hearing more and more that companies are struggling with is it's one thing to maybe have flexibility, but how do we help our leaders become better adapted to lead in potentially a hybrid environment where they are managing folks that might be also virtual? And so there's just a lot to a lot to unpack there, but a lot of change management <laughs> and this support required. Actually, you said it best. I want to pause for a moment to further highlight the idea of flexibility. And that's, it's not just about remote work. Jess Pagoni, who starred on Survive and Thrive several times, most recently in season four, episode 15, offers a platform called Luna, which allows flexibility in the workplace and provides a way for employees to connect. You know, why does that matter? Why is that important? 
companies really need to understand people and the motivations of their people in order to be successful. And, and that's one thing that, that change management really helps companies do is to help drive the change and the adoption. Um, but also it helps drive the culture, like what's not working and why. And let's really talk about that. Like the days of just rolling something out and saying it's going to happen are gone. That the old school days are gone. People have choices. They know they have choices. And so the companies that really put time into thoughtful change management planning are going to find themselves way ahead of the curve. Um, I've worked for companies that are great at it and some that aren't as great. And I can definitely see the direct turnover. So I would say hiring you know, change management professionals, again, I'm biased in that uh, regard, um, but also giving their associates the tools to understand change management and having those in their tool belt is a great way to just upskill the workforce and, and help people understand it. And, and it really helps in your personal life as well. Oh, that's very interesting. It helps in your personal life. Say a little bit more about that. Just curious. <laughs> Well, I can tell you, and I will, I will say that, you know, I had mentioned earlier that I have a child that's transgender. She's no longer a child. She's 20. But having had a change management background certainly helped me. I won't say that I liked the change. And, I, and by saying that, I hope folks understand where I'm coming from. Most people don't like a change that is thrust upon them. So in this instance, my child that, you know, I raised as a boy is in fact a girl. Having been through change management and helping other people with massive changes really helped me take a look at myself and like where my own resistance was. In our example, like my husband ran right through his change curve. He was like, okay, great. I have another daughter. And I was really annoyed with him (laughs) because it took me so much longer. And then I was like, wait, I've worked on teams where people are resistant. Like now it's just me. I'm doing this work on myself. So it's fascinating, you know, and it it, it was like a blessing and a curse for me to to have that experience. But um, I was able to just slow down and give myself a little grace and recognize where I was on the change curve and and listen in the example that I, I just gave about kind of being sucked back into it when she asked me to to remove all the pre-transition pictures. I I went right back there to denial, to be honest with you. I was like, wait, I thought we were done with this. I don't want to go back. I don't want to do this. And then it took me about a day or two. And then I was like, this really isn't that big of a deal. You know, I have a ton of pictures of her post-transition in the house. It's It's really not a big deal. Like, why am I making a big deal out of it. And, and I think all of us do that all the time and that's okay. It's human nature. So sorry for the long-winded answer, but again, I think if everyone has just a bit of understanding of change management, it can really impact your, your whole life more positively. I love that. I really appreciate again, tying it back to a personal story I can relate to that in just some of the stories that I've heard from other folks that might not necessarily understand why change management can be helpful, especially as you're trying to navigate through transition or you're trying to help your people 
evolve that work culture, for example, and and bringing it home and giving it sort of a personal example is is one way to just help our listeners think about, hey, there's actually a, a kind of a process that you go through at the individual le- level. Now imagine that at the team level. Now imagine that <laughs> that at the organizational level. So there's great value in in applying some of those tools and skills. So thank you for sharing that. Navigating through change as an individual can be challenging, as we've said before, and I am sure we've all felt change can feel like a threat, even if it's good for us in the long run. So navigating not just yourself, but your team can feel like an even greater obstacle to overcome. That's a big reason why I started the Survive and Thrive podcast, a way to connect with change management expert and others that have gone through changes and gather insights, advice, ideas, and tips that we could share. Kate offers three pieces of advice for leaders who want to build a positive workforce for the future. Good question. Um, I would say, number one, stay flexible for anything that comes your way. Uh, Not always easy, but I, I think it really helps. Number two, nurture empathy. I don't think we can say enough about empathy and in particular when people are navigating working from home. My last manager had a brand new baby at home, even with a nanny, really tough to to manage. So I had a lot of empathy there. And number three, just keep learning. We, it doesn't matter if we've been working three years or 30 years, like let's keep learning from each other. I think um, the folks that do those three things well are are going to remain really strong. I love those three. That Those are fantastic. And by the way, listeners out there, I'm going to play back all of my podcasts and see how many times the word empathy was used <laughs> across almost every single one of my interviews that I ever conducted with folks. So there might be something to this out there. And also, I love keep learning. That's a that's a great one. I think stay curious, keep learning, ask questions. We're often too quick to jump in with our own point of view on how to navigate and solve things. And it's a great reminder for even myself just to keep keep open, stay curious, ask questions. Sometimes the solution is not so obvious. Well, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time today. I appreciate some of the insights that you brought to our listeners, especially in your role and how you serve your clients and the different experiences and exposure you get. Um, it's just it's great to have some of that feedback that that we can share. And so if people wanted to reach out and get to know you a little better and pick your brain a little bit more, how might they get a hold of you? I'm on LinkedIn. I can't remember my profile name. It might be Kate Willoughby Hall or Kate W. Yes, Hall. Um, it is. Kate Willoughby or, Hall. Is it? <laughs> yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I should have looked that up before this. Um, or even email at katewhall at gmail.com. I'm, I'm always open to productive conversations. Great. Well, thank you so much. And Thank you, everyone, for listening and joining this week's episode of our Survive and Thrive podcast. Remember, at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, don't just survive, thrive. Take care.